Today's episode is brought to you by Cars.com. With over 2 million vehicles and 50,000 more added every day, Cars.com will match you with the perfect car for you, your budget, your life, your style. And if you're ready to say goodbye to your current car, Cars.com will get you an instant offer to cash it in. Just start by entering your license plate and get matched with a local dealer who will write you the check. So whether you're looking to buy or sell, just go to cars.com. It's magical. The DBN Network. Browns fans talking to Browns fans. Dashing through the snow in a one-horse open Well, that was, uh, I don't know, about... About what I expected. Uh, I don't know if it was for you. Merry Christmas. Welcome to Easy Does It with me, Easy Weave, here on the DBN Network. So happy to talk with you every week, uh, this week being no exception, even though every week uh, is a uh, another futile exercise, uh, you know, hoping that um, it's going to go better than it, than it ultimately does. And, you know, I, I was kind of sucked in for a little bit today. I don't know that there was ever a point where I really thought we were going to to win, uh, where we really had a chance to win it. But there were there were moments. Um, I mean, it was certainly competitive, and they uh, for you know, for a lot of it. We say that a lot, you know. We have said that a lot this year. But uh, this is you know now Owen fourteen, <clears throat> and we are a week away from the really the last chance, the last real effort. Uh, I don't really see the game against Pittsburgh as as uh, to close out the year, unless it goes like last year where they. Uh, they don't play, you know, a lot of their prominent starters, and uh, and that was and that was a game that if you go back, if you if you believe in the concept of tanking, really go back and look at the um, the game last year against Pittsburgh, where we the final game of the year against the Steelers in Pittsburgh at Heinz Field because it, we had like four or five different chances to to put that game away, and by some self inflicted you know reason we end up you know not taking advantage of it losing the game in overtime that wasn't today today was just we just got beat by a better team and you know you had the uh, the defense misses obviously it misses jamie collins and emmanuel ogba but the defense isn't the reason you know it's just yeah like for example every time the first time that the the ravens uh, punter who i don't even care i think it's sam cook who, who whoever ends up hitting the ball downing it inside the four okay we're taking possession of the ball and when it gets down inside the four my immediate reaction was all right we could probably hold them to three here like the whole the whole like the, the thought process at that point is i know we're not going to get a first down we're probably going to end up kicking them the ball and giving them a short field so it, when that happens let's hopefully let's hold them to a field goal which is pretty much what happened uh, a lot of times on the afternoon, but they, you know they were able to break through. Uh, got a couple of plays to the tight end, no surprise. And you know that was it, it was. I mean, but the defense was game. The defense is you know it's missing. Uh, you know, like I said, those key players. But Miles Garrett showed up again today. I don't you know I don't know what the stats show, but he was you know he was in the backfield a lot, disrupting. Uh, was you know the first possession, the third down play for the Ravens. They they drive the ball down the field in the first possession. It was really kind of cool seeing. Uh, Garrett getting pressure, and then Kirksey, 
you know, tipping the ball and it still being on target and McCordy, you know, finishing it off there at the end to make sure it was like all three levels, you know, uh, made the play to kick. I mean, so, you know, and then after the, you know, the goal line stand, that was, that was pretty great. And it wasn't wasted either. I mean, that was the, the, you know, if you're Baltimore and it's, I, I agree every time in that situation to go for it. If it's fourth down and less than, uh, uh, you know, I would say three, maybe two to three, you know, kind of in that range and goal, you know, in the first half or, or you know, with, uh, you know, I should say um, with maybe in maybe with, I would say at least like five or six minutes on either side of the half, put it that way then I think that you go for it because if you don't make it, then you, you back the other team up. And as we saw today, that, you know, that really hurt us. Now, in that particular exchange, we end up getting, you know, a big run by Isaiah Crowell, you know, who showed you know, all of his skill on that, you know, on that burst that led to a touchdown drive. We take the lead early on. And that really was, you know, and then, of course, they we immediately, immediately give it right back up. And, you know, the final... Um, uh, analysis or is in the final analysis on the day is that uh, Deshaun Kaiser continues to be not good. We're, we're now, you know, he's played 14 games now. Well, 13 games because he sat out the uh, Texans game. But I don't think that, the, that missing out on the Texans game was so injurious to his development that it's that it's the reason why he is just so bloody inaccurate. I mean, and this really is, he's able to make some plays here and there. But by and large, he is just very, very not good at making accurate passes. And, and once again, you know, now we have uh, two wide receivers, Josh Gordon and Corey Coleman, both of whom are showing up, you know, pretty consistently now. They're not really either, yeah, either one of them that I really can complain about today. I, I really can't complain about the wide receiver position today. Um, but the quarterback play was, and, and even and again on defense. You know the, the the real obviously the killer today was the uh, the fumble in the end zone, and Drango Spencer Drango you know God love him he's been out there uh, you know battling, <laughs> he but he comes in for you know Hall of Fame left tackle Joe Thomas midway through the year and I think that there's been enough games to go by to I mean you gotta gotta give it to you gotta hand it to the kid he's held his own for the most part, not saying that he's been you know anywhere near. Joe Thomas level, but what do you, you know, what do you expect? That's not going to happen. You know, I was I was what I was hoping is it just wasn't going to be another uh, iteration of you know John St Clair or O'Neill Cousins or somebody like that. Um, but and he hasn't been that at all. But in, on that particular play, he got beat badly. Kaiser didn't feel it. Kaiser didn't sense it. He ends up, uh, you know, and then Duke had the fumble that you know was so cr- at a point in the game where it's like, all right. We could uh, kick the ball. You know, as long as we kick the ball here, then, you know, it's going to make it more difficult for them to score points. Nope, Duke fumbles, and that puts them right in position. It's just, you know, there was nothing overwhelming about this game other than just overwhelmingly how much better of a team they are than we are. Continue. continue. I mean, and the fact that I think Hugh Jackson is a not good coach. Uh, but, you know, before, you know, I go any further with that, I- I'm not saying that he couldn't become a good coach at some point. Uh, but... He's, you know, once again today, uh, just, you know, that challenge. And I and like the guy said, I get why they're doing it. Well, yeah, me too. But there was plenty enough time to see that. I mean, it was a change of possession. There was a whole, there was a commercial timeout and everything else. There was plenty of time to see. Actually, I don't know if there was a commercial timeout in that particular sequence. But there was still enough time to see. Because we all saw that he was obviously short. Then he throws the flag. All right, now look. 
you say, well, what do you know? In that situation, if they get it overturned, then you know it's it's definitely worth a timeout. Except that now, of course, it didn't ultimately matter because the deficit was so much. But in a game where we're trailing late, you know, we need to in every game, in every situation, in every in every second half of every game. We need to be guarding those timeouts because we're such a bad team right now overall that if we're, if we're in a position late in the game to you know stop them and get the ball back to possibly go and win, we need to have those timeouts to do that. The likelihood of us being down late in the game and having to make a stop is pretty likely. Actually, the likelihood of us being down late in the game and us and making a stop not really mattering because we're so far out of the game is much, much more likely. But whatever, you get what I'm saying. And I'm not trying to be Debbie Downer about all of this. I'm just um, really uh, – well, maybe I'm not doing that. It's just – it's very difficult to watch this team. And I, admittedly, I, I'm, I'm kind of in a, just a, a bad mood anyway. Ever ever since the, the firing of Sashi Brown, of course, uh, John Dorsey, the, the you know uh, uh, replacement, making um, comments this week. It, it really it's, – it's, it's – it's been talked about a lot and um it really has kind of got me in a bad mood not because of of the because it's like um insulting to sashi brown or anything who i happen to uh, think is it did a brilliant job with what he was doing um but also you know i think did a a really good job in the overall uh, scheme of things building a team that when i look at that roster today we weren't getting blown out i mean if you look at the the matchups along the lines if you look at our front seven if you look at you know the backs and the receivers even it's not a bad football team not, i mean there are, there are some players that were in position to make plays but kaiser you know he had you know, there was one play where you didn't know whether it was a lateral or it was a sideways pass but it was so i mean it, it's one of these things it was it, it should be a pitch and catch but it's at his feet and we're we're 14 games into this now all right 13 for him but you know still he had the one game that was supposed to kind of help him. He's just—he's not going to be the guy. I'm—I'm—I feel pretty confident in saying that. And I'm definitely—I'm always the guy that's you know Mr. Three Years, and and that there's a way that you can, um, you know, make the improve. I don't know how you improve on on can't hit the broad side of the barn, you know, accuracy problems. Because there was there was plays to be made. There was there was people open. There was opportunities in this game that you know that fell by the wayside and you know and then when when we're when our defense that's already you know it's young and and you know it's prone to making mistakes although that really hasn't been the issue uh as of late you know the red zone defense the red zone defense has gotten better as i mentioned miles garrett has done a pretty good job of um you know causing pressure and disrupting things on that side of the ball and i should say on his side of the field at least from what i was you know watching for most part for the most part today once again the defense a good job of uh, shutting down the running game of the ravens as they've been shutting down the run all year there's but i mean you're missing agba and you're missing collins and <clears throat> those are two really important players uh, on that defense that now even with those guys they were still giving up you know huge chunks of the tight end all year so you know I there I think that there's at least some evidence on the defensive side of the ball where you can say okay you know th- these guys all playing together practicing together in the off you know in the off season staying within the same scheme of Greg Williams learning how to do their job better you know maybe on some of these jailhouse you know blitzes that were never which it seems like we're getting you know uh, closer on at least 
it's not just an automatic, you know, you see a bunch of guys rushing and it gets picked up by the other team and that means wide open players. There's a couple of that. There was, there was a few of those today, but they're few and far further between. It still leads to a lopsided victory that wasn't close. But, I mean, I don't know why anybody would expect that it would have been going into the game. And, I, I, you know, that definitely sounds defeatist. But, I mean, what, what is there? Why, why not be defeatist at this point about, about all of this? <clears throat> Realistically, there's, uh, there's only a few um, bright spots to, to – again, the, the, the bri- probably the brightest one being that uh, next week we actually have a shot against a rookie quarterback to, uh, to get that win. And if we're able to do that, if we're able to get a win, all right, I'm cool with, with you know, whatever. Uh, basically, I think that with the loss today, we are guaranteed the first pick overall. I think we pretty much expected it all year anyway, right? So start, you know, we're already in the process of uh, looking at who our favorite quarterbacks are. Mine is still Baker Mayfield, baby. That's still my dude, and that's definitely um, that. That you know, that's the direction that I um, want to go in, and we'll see. Uh, time will tell uh, as we get closer to draft season. But I, I think that there's, I, I, I would, I would be very, very. I can't, like I said last week, there's no way that I could ever just stop watching this team. If we somehow don't draft a quarterback with the first pick overall, then that would be, and and if we did, and we we have to, I mean, we really, we we have to. You see Kaiser out there. I want to, I want to say, give him time. He'll get better, but it's just, he's got, he's had all year. And, you know, we, 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 we're getting further away from, you know the windows of opportunities to actually win a game getting even one would be you know would be okay but i mean it's they the I, these problems look like they're insurmountable and you know i think that he certainly deserves a place on this team next year but if we go out and sign uh you know a veteran i think a lot of people are assuming it's going to be aj mccarron i would you know i would not be for that unless somehow I think that he's in an arbitration fight with the Bengals to uh, not be for so 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 to become an unrestricted free agent. I don't think that's going to happen. So that means that if the Browns want him, they're going to have to give up a draft pick in order to get him. Wouldn't be a trade. It's just the arrangement for a restricted free agent versus an unrestricted free agent. Team has control. They sign him to a tender. The Bengals will probably place a second round tender on him, meaning, and it's the team's original second round pick, meaning that we would have to give up the thirty third overall for. AJ freaking McCarron. But you know, whoever it is, you'd figure a a veteran quarterback along with the first pick in the draft along with Kaiser, that's not a terrible uh, quarterback room going into next year. And as I say, while Hugh Jackson has not shown himself and I certainly don't consider him to be a good coach right now, uh the the, the I mean, really I mean it comes down to this and it was the same thing with Mike Pettin. And about this time 2 years ago, it was the, the conversation being had, and it's not really being had right now because we've already completed one aspect of the blow-up. The conversation being had right now two years ago is you know getting rid of firing uh, Ray Farmer and Mike Pettin. Well, we did that, and in their place was Sashi Brown and Hugh Jackson. Well, you know now we have divested ourselves of Sashi Brown, and John Dorsey has come in. And if you don't, I mean, do, the, the comments made by John Dorsey this whack, last week, is, I'm paraphrasing, so let's, let me come straight out with it. You know, the last guys that were in here, you know, they didn't bring in real football players. Now, the guy doing the, you know, the, the, the game cast today indicated that during their interviews with Mr. Dorsey that he indicated, no, that's not what I mean. We got good players on this team. We just need more of them. Okay, well, that's still a pretty clumsy, stupid way to say that. Um... I mean, but whatever. I don't really care about the words. The words don't really matter to me. I mean, in, insofar as it is just kind of a dumb thing to say. 
and it's such a a stark contrast from I don't care what you think whatever whatever else you think about Sashi Brown um, that dude is a smart guy and whenever he was speaking publicly he was very deft in the way that he was able to you know couch every you know position from the standpoint of representing the team as a whole not injecting his own personal you know animus or bias into it and also leaving you know every door open every every you know every possibility open for whatever the future could hold in any given uh, circumstance if you go back and listen to the the art the interview that i parsed the uh, the uh, the mid-season uh, presser that he did that uh, i parsed all of you, you you get a lot of that all the way through well this guy dorsey apparently is more of a loose cannon when it comes to this sort of thing. Which, look, I don't care. Words are words. Where it's an issue, though, is if you do really think that this roster is just so bereft of talent, first of all, I don't think that you're really watching it. But second of all, what that means is then that so many of, uh, so much of the time and the repetition that's been spent on these young players these last two years that have led to, you know, what, 1 in 29 or whatever the hell it is at this point, a lot of that gets sacrificed or just abdicated, whatever. It just, it's, it's, you know, squandered away if you you know, are going to bring in guys to replace those guys because these guys are your guys and those guys aren't your guys and they're not real football players. There's a lot of really good football players that are good athletes that just needed a lot of time to mature and grow, and they're going to take leaps from years one to year two or years two to year three. And we do have a core of veterans on this team. This team, with the injection, with the insertion of a quality quarterback, is ready to win next year. Now, I'm not saying that the team is ready to win necessarily with the coach, but, you know, here's the thing about that. It's like I was saying two years ago when we are talking about firing Petten and Farmer. I remember speaking with Pedua DSP about this, and Pads has been back lately. It's great to talk to him. I'm glad to have him around. He's awesome. But he is, you know, he was a guy that at the time, at the time, I was very virulently anti-blowing up of, you know, firing Ray Farmer and Mike Pettin. And of course, I was, you know, one of maybe five people that everybody was out on those guys and wanted them gone. And I understand why. I'm not, you know, I, I'm not, I'm not blind. I, I understand, um, you know, <laughs> everything that went on in those in that two-year period of time. But my argument about this was: look, Haslam, Jimmy Haslam, the owner, is the one that hired these guys. By virtue of canning them two years into it, he's admitting that the guys that he hired aren't good enough for the job. Well, who do you think is going to hire the next guys? And why do you suppose it's going to be any different? And Pads, to his credit, he's like, all right, we'll flip a coin. I'm willing to bet that the next guy that comes along is better than the schmuck that we're letting go. Well, I ask you right now, would we be better off with a two years more experienced Mike Pettin and Ray Farmer, for that matter, or and or? All right, let's say that we, we, we cut Farmer, but we kept Pettin. Petten was two years more experienced right now with this team. Would we be better off than we are right now with Hugh Jackson apparently headed towards the uh, the job in 2018? I guess even if we finish 0 and 16, which would now look if that happens, I'd have to almost I have to give a half hat tip to uh, Haslam for you know sticking with it because he has said that he's going to stick with Hugh. And if he's managed to do it after what one in thirty, uh, one in sixty-one, or or thirty, whatever the hell, yeah, one in thirty-one over two years, if he's willing to do that, then I will I will give him some credit. <clears throat> but again, there's another aspect of this, and notice I'm not really talking too much about the game today because what why, why I mean there's not really I mean Jabril Peppers looked okay with uh, when he actually had a chance to return the punt, and I don't know that he made a mistake you know downing the punts, fielding the punts inside you know in every one of those circumstances the ball is landing inside the five. You don't fair catch the ball there. And you're not going to try to catch the ball and make a move when the dude's bearing down on you. That's how you turn the ball over. He did the right thing. 
they just were really good at executing that that maneuver. And a lot of that had to do with the fact that they were constantly doing it at a good field position because our offense was terrible because our quarterback was not good. And when the quarterback is not good, as he was not good again today, the offense was backed up. And we, I mean, with and along with them constantly pinning us back, uh, you know, they basically got their all, all, their entire advantage that way. They lived on our side of the field using that strategy, and we were just unable to overcome it except that one time. And then, um, you know, got the at least at the end of the half after giving them, you know, a a, a free a, you know free touchdown. Not a free touchdown, but they didn't have they, they shouldn't have even had. That wasn't one where Hughes squandered a situation like he's done in the past at the end of the half. This is just one where you know Duke fumbles the ball, and, and it wasn't like I mean he had both arms on the ball. It's just guy made a good play. Can't really get too mad about it. I mean you can, but what good's it going to do you, right? At any rate, my friends, um, this whole uh, John Dorsey um, situation. I'm going to get into it in more detail, and I'm sorry that this week's episode is, uh, you know, an abbreviated one, but I'm just, um, there's just not a whole lot else for me to say about all of this when it comes to this this franchise. So it's it's a short one this week, but I I do wish you all a Merry Christmas. I I probably will do another broadcast, whether it be another full-on episode uh, of this show or with uh, Mantle. But Browns lose, Browns lose, no surprise there. We still have control of our uh, destiny as far as the draft pick. And uh, hopefully we get off the schneid next week against the Bears. Until next time, good luck, God bless. Take care out there, y'all. See Hello, you're listening to Simone de Rochefort, one of the hosts of The Polygon Show. It's a show all about the video games that you'll never have time to play. Brought to you by four friends who are just as passionate about food, soft drinks, and TV shows as we are about video games. Every Friday, we bring you a new hour of personal stories. Like how we found the best way to play Yakuza 0. Or even what happens when you play so much Zelda that you hurt your hands and can't play games anymore. Above all, we just have a really good time talking about the games that we love. Check out the show on Apple Podcasts or your favorite podcatcher. You can also find us at Polygon Show on Twitter and send a tweet to say hi. Thanks for listening. Most of the time, we talk about tech in terms of a handful of gigantic companies like Google, Meta, and Apple. But some of the most interesting stuff we find online is the product of a single person. When you're working on your own, I think there's this beauty of being able to come up with an idea and then implement it. Then, in that moment, you don't have to have permission from someone else. There's no red tape. In the Vergecast series, Solo Acts, we'll get to know these people, the tech they use to get stuff done, and the obstacles they face trying to compete with the giants. Some people that I talk to and my friends are like, you know, your competitors are Zuckerberg and Musk. Like, aren't you kind of, like, afraid of that? Every Monday, our friend Ashley Escada will be curating and hosting these interviews and sharing with us what she's learned. I can't believe the McRib locator was originally a tornado locator. Right. <laughs> Pretty wild. Listen to our Solo Acts miniseries now in the Vergecast feed, anywhere you find podcasts. Hello, I'm Neil Patel, the editor-in-chief of The Verge and host of Decoder, a business podcast where I interview CEOs about big ideas, the problems that come from those ideas, and how they make decisions. It is also surprisingly about org charts. It comes up a lot. We're launching a new limited series that we're calling the Centennial Series, where I talk to CEOs of companies that are over 100 years old, like Xerox, Barnes & Noble, and more. 
There's no 100-year-old company that's without its struggles, and it's been fascinating to talk to these CEOs about which parts of these companies' history are important and which parts they can let go. A little spoiler for you, if a company is over 100 years old, there's a lot of drama to talk about. It's been a good time. You can listen to the Centennial series right in the Decoder feed. New episodes of Decoder are out on Tuesday, and the Centennial series is out on Thursdays. Check it out. We think you're really going to like it. You can get it wherever you get your podcasts.